Welcome to Clearing the Queue with Alex and Matt. Here's how it works. Each episode starts with a friend of ours signing into their Netflix account. Together, we scroll through their queue. Ultimately, we find a movie that's been on there a little too long, and we watch it together. The best part is that every queue is unique, so it tells a story about the person. Here's a question. Are we going to record ourselves talking about the movie during the movie? No, 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 no. This is not Mystery Science Theater 3000. It's uh, Clearing the Queue. A Netflix podcast. <laughs> You've heard him in the background of an episode? <laughs> yeah. You've heard the words he's written in an email about yeah, yeah. Citizen Kane? That's right. Read by me or Alex? You felt his presence in our live episode because he was working on a top secret music video mere feet away from our 50th anniversary episode screening. And now, at long last, getting his very own spinoff episode, Trevor Brightman. Welcome. Thanks, guys. We're on, to be we're, here. And we're on borrowed time with Trevor, which is sort of the main reason we had to bring him back. Yeah. Yeah, you wanted me for the 100th episode, but where are you at, actually? We're at 76. Oh! Yeah. 78 would be more apt, because that was my lacrosse number, and my AOL screen name was Trevo78. Mm. Maybe we'll bump it two episodes. And my uh, 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 Bank of America pin number is... I'm not going to share that with you <laughs> Maddie's guys, screen name is Rhythm409. Correct. Because of the cleaning Do you still use Rhythm409 in any other... I, again, like Trevor with his bank pin, I'd rather not say. <laughs> uh, I, I'll say I do use my AIM screen name all over the place. Silver AD1. Apollo no. Creed. Apollo Creed. <laughs> yeah, zero, but don't. Zero, one. Don't. <laughs> don't say the rest. Yeah. I forget. What. Well, it's exciting to have Trevor because you're probably, I can't think of another guest that's more like adventure based. Like, sure. Like you, what did you, you've 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 adventure based. <laughs> no, like you you went swimming this morning in the yeah, in the sw- ocean. I swam in the ocean this so morning. So we were. Yeah. So let's just give some transparency. Trevor took a, a red eye home last night from the East Coast, and said maybe we can record later in the day because I might be jet lagged. And when he showed up for our later in the day recording, <laughs> we said, "What have you been up to?" And he said, "I went for a swim and I went for a bike ride." Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, I did a twenty-six mile bike ride down to Redondo. <laughs> And did you know that he ran a, <laughs> he ran a marathon like yeah. two months ago? I didn't know. In March, yeah, March 26th. Completed a marathon. Uh, March 24th, yeah. Wow. Right, right by here, yeah. I, I bring this up because you're not someone who TV and film and going home and watching Netflix, it, it doesn't revolve around your it, life. It, that's very true. In fact, um, uh, I, I moved into my current apartment uh, June 1st of last year, so just over a year, and I went a month without internet. Or cable or anything, and I I had a, a book of DVDs and I set that up and I was like, you know, this is going to be the one chance in my life. I'm gonna just watch all the ones that I haven't watched. It's like use it or lose it, right? Yeah. So I started doing. Wait, that. you had you own DVDs that you had never watched? Yeah, but not because I bought them at the bargain bin like Alex likes likes to do. But <laughs> I Plus, just just there. like like giveaways at work. Like, hey, does anybody want this? You acquired. Yeah. Yeah, I mean some I bought, you know, I had some from the 90s and whatnot in the early 2000s, but anyway, I did that for a while and then I went also several several months with no Netflix account cuz I was splitting it with my ex uh Kristen who 
provided me with this Netflix shirt that you can't see because this is audio based, but I am wearing a Netflix t-shirt right now. Um, and so I just kind of went without for a long time. And then I had heard a couple of recommendations about stuff and my downstairs neighbor, uh, Adam, who is, uh, a super generous, nice guy. He said, "No, just use mine, man." So my mine is. I was going to ask who Adam Adam. It's was. the sub account. Um, I my profile name is upstairs because I live upstairs, and uh, my queue was pretty short uh, for a while. And then hearing, uh, uh, being invited, having the honor of uh, <laughs> receiving the golden ticket in the mail and getting the invite to clearing the queue, I I, I did intentionally load it somewhat. Um, and there is one movie that I watched last night on the plane that I think is on here that uh, I don't know if that breaks any rules, but um, I, yeah. Is it Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> well, I was going to expect that there'd be a lot of documentary type things. You'd be right. Mainly because what I know of Trev yeah. is that he is of the, the type that is... Why Why would I watch fantasy when real life is so much more interesting, right? Mm. It's the opposite of the Izzy Maxwell. Sure. Who's like, why would I want to go see... Why would I want real life? I'm, yeah. I have real life every time I want to see other yeah. things. And it's, it really is like a, a great sort of segue for people because I get both. I get the yeah. argument for both. And I enjoy both. Um, yeah, it probably skews more towards nonfiction, I think. Uh, just like my... My reading and although famously and i feel like we should talk about this james bond spreadsheet because oh sure that yeah. feels very applicable yeah okay so uh it was um geez it was uh prob- we even started movie nights when we were living together moving like recurring movie nights and then after i moved away like you'd watch like tron you were yep. you were kind of doing an early ad hoc version of like let's just gather people to watch yeah, Classic you movies. had to. Yeah, you had to in Bristol, Connecticut, in in the, in the in the late 2000s. It's like you know, it's in the early November. It's raining. It's dark. There's there's not a lot going on. You're, you're at that time. Alex and I were working at ESPN and working weird hours and and nights and weekends. And it was a lot of like, hey, you want to get beer after work? And after work happened to be 2 a.m. And that turns into playing Guitar Hero 2 till. 5 a.m. or whatever but um yeah we did that i think the first movie we watched on your new hd tv was um was tron yeah you remember that i do remember the, new, the remake or the original the o- original yeah, the original tron. yeah the original i still haven't seen the new one um and yeah and and then also we had a, a lot of lost nights back when lost was live mm. and we'd get people around in fact i recall uh, going to, I think, Home Depot and getting some like fern bushes and putting them on either side of the TV <laughs> to really kind of expand the jungle experience. Um, and yeah, so anyway, uh, my uh, friend uh, Brian Bilar Larson, who uh, moved into Alex's room after he moved out, um, he and I, he had seen every James Bond movie just about um, in his youth, and I have seen just about none of them. I've seen Goldeneye. Um, after I played the video game many, 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 many hours, sure, which was kind of surreal, kind of like that boomerang effect or the echo uh, cultural thing. Which we had, by the way, our last episode, one of the more ultimate echo effects where you only know this movie, like if you distill this movie down to this one thing, it's something that we've experienced before. This is the movie Deliverance, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. the dueling banjos scene. Right, yeah. Everyone knows it, but maybe you're not all that familiar. And I did watch another movie on the flight last night of very similar similar thing what uh, was it um well the the second one i watched 
And when I say watched, I mean watched because I didn't listen to it. I had music on and I was reading and it was just like background visuals. Uh-huh. And it timed out perfectly. If anybody's flying from Minneapolis-St. Paul to LAX, yeah. start, um, st- start the sound of music oh, right sure. when you depart uh-huh. and it'll end right when you land. Some Pink Floyd shit. <laughs> yeah. It'll sync up perfectly. Yeah. And uh, Sound of music seems like an odd choice to watch. <laughs> Sure, but I uh, I like mountains and uh-huh. rivers and, uh-huh. and cottages and, and right. like sweeping vistas. And there was like a nice puppet show in Were there. you searching through a movie to watch that would have those in it for <laughs> while you listen to your music? Uh, e- kind of, yeah. Here, I'll, I'll, oh, so this the is sites, a, The sites of music. This is a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, this, is, this is a useful tidbit for you guys here. Also, um, if anybody's looking for a dentist, I can highly recommend um, uh, a doctor who's right by UCLA. And check this out. You go into her office. It's nice. It's calm. Really nice, thick. Is this like, Dr. Claypool? Dr. Claypool, yeah. Uh, it's on there? my list. It's on my list of dentists to... Uh... So, really nice... <laughs> what like, is happening right now? I was now? waiting for my insurance <laughs> to change over. You should go. So that I guess, you and go. it has happened. I'm just so, putting but it But you go, now. you go, you sit down, and, and then... <laughs> we worked together. Maddie's looking at us like, how do we know? <laughs> <laughs> but you, you go, you sit down, and she says, uh, or the hygienist or somebody says, would you like a nice cold water? Would you like a heated lavender-scented neck pillow? And you say, yeah, sure. And then she pulls over a touchscreen TV with Netflix on it. And she says, put on whatever you want. And nice head, noise-canceling headphones. And you can just zonk out and just watch and not have to worry about anything. Well, if you're what angle is gone. she hitting you at? I mean, honestly, what, I just, same thing. I just do it for background angle? visuals. So I'll put on like a wild wildlife, like planet Earth or, or oceans or something. Or there's this whole... Um, genre called slow tv that you can search and they have like a train that goes through like finland from like the west coast to the east coast and it's like six hours real time just a camera mounted <laughs> oh, yeah. on the front yeah and i just like i just like that it's kind of like the, i also like the map on the planes the you know where you so see where we're you gonna are. go put on a screensaver and um <laughs> and come back <laughs> and take a nap and when i out. um when i was in fourth grade i got braces mm. and um I some, some for some reason I was allowed to bring my Doctor Claypool by the way Doctor Claypool <laughs> Doctor Hilsenrath <laughs> okay um, and I, this was a traumatic experience for me but uh, I brought my Walkman and I listened oh. I had a cassette tape of Nevermind and because I wanted something that was loud sure. and aggressive and distracting interesting um, and not worked? something that was calming uh, it worked in that sometimes now when I hear Nevermind I still think of being at the dentist oh that's not good no. like I I when like cell phones you could start to personalize ringtones i had under the bridge like red hot chili peppers and i had a really bad like breakup with my girlfriend so now when i hear under the bridge i associate (laughs) it with my girlfriend calling Calling me (laughs) not good no not good does that so how do you know about this dentist that he was just describing because you know People don't know dentists, so you're always word of mouth. Me and Trevor work together. Well, Lisa, the receptionist at uh, Ingenuity Studios, has been going to her since she lived in L.A. previously and recommended her. And um, and I went, and, and actually they had uh, my first visit. They emailed me with a um, like parking directions and, and, and stuff like that, and it was a... I, I don't think she'd mind me saying, but like a very outdated like Xerox kind of sloppy thing. And so I, I was like... Hey, you know everything's so polished and nice here. Like maybe we'll do like, like I know graphic designers and I do some graphic design and I can do like a parking map. So um, I did 
I did that for. I wanted to get it in exchange for like a gold tooth or something, but yeah, oh wow, but she was that just didn't work only out. silver. No, she did. She did come to me, yeah, but uh, but uh, and so I've recommended to everybody. One time, uh, I showed up for a nine o'clock appointment. She didn't get there till like nine ten, and she was apologizing profusely. And at the end, gave me a a little card for like, like a fifteen dollar like Starbucks gift card. It's just like customer service is through the this roof. Place sounds there. good. Mm. It's great. That's great. Yeah, it's really so good. So that relates to. <laughs> The sound of music. Ah, you, because you're used to choosing things that you're not going to hear. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you have the Ooh, chance. I didn't know that I could pull that thread back, <laughs> but if, I did. If, if, you, if you have a chance between just looking at a blank screen or something yeah. somewhat visually interesting, that, that's that, that is the same uh, going back to like Deliverance. I've never seen Deliverance, but you feel like you're, it rounds you out as a cultural experience to have at least seen it. And, you know, you can pick up what they're, they're singing and then the, this and that. You kind of put the pieces together. Sure. At least I think so. Speaking but, of pieces, there's a piece of trash floating across the room. Oh. Uh, I see. Some call it trash. <laughs> oh, it's in, actually in not. Other, yeah, I in, thought it was just a plastic bag. It's actually... Is that the plastic bag from American Beauty? I, um, for, those, for those listeners who might not know... I have a strong connection to uh, American Beauty and the, the soundtrack in particular because I worked for a couple years before I got fired at the Lexington Flick, a two-screen movie theater in downtown Lexington, Massachusetts when I was in high school. Made famous in the movie The Fighter. That's right. Yep. Where they made fun of Lexington for being <laughs> yuppie town, which yep. it is. Um, <laughs> and, and it was, along with Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, probably one of the most successful movies in that era. Um, just in terms of, of box office sales and whatnot, and, and longevity. The of, flick of often got second run films, yeah. And so, for you to get a movie like American Beauty, it would have to be because it was getting like Oscar buzz, yeah. and it was already like a big deal culturally, right? Yeah, yeah. It had a great reputation, and it just was a good fit, I think, for the Lexington clientele. Yeah, sure. And it just stayed and stayed. And so, I just whenever I hear that that music it reminds me of going into the theater after everyone's cleared out and just sweeping up popcorn and, and clearing the cup were you responsible for and it's funny he's got his hand in the bag and we're just stalling um <laughs> when we uh during senior year our senior prank if you even want to call it that uh-huh. um was was beach day where instead of skipping school to go to the beach we turned our main quad into a beach and, yeah. and we poured a bunch of sand and got a bunch of lawn chairs and whatnot. And somebody from the flick brought like a huge jumbo thing of popcorn. I have left that building with trash bags full of popcorn before. In fact, one time I snuck it into a different movie theater under my <laughs> big winter jacket. Uh, and it probably was me. I feel like I, it Let's check with Doug was, Warner uh, and, and see if, if he recalls. Yeah. Uh, he and I were let go the same day for... Uh, uh, hosting a Hawaiian-themed party, and <laughs> and they didn't really like how we gave away free tickets. And um, probably it was and, the pig. Probably it was the roasting the pig in the lobby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There was a coconut. We did get a saw. <laughs> we did saw open a coconut and fill it with spray. You definitely, I definitely benefited from the free from Doug and Trevor being there because I definitely oh, yeah. got to see Best in Show for free. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were not good employees. I mean, it was it was well deserved, but we had a good run. Well, and so went. this movie is important to you. We've got the bag, and yep, if you reach your bag. hand in, yep. uh, and you can pull out, you already did. see he knows. What's oh, I see. Okay. All right, what's it say on it that card says, right there? what movie have you seen the most times? Good question. Um, okay. Hmm. You know, I watched Terminator 2 a lot when I was young, but the most, I think in college, 
it just hit right at the right time. And the last time I saw it all the way through was at Alex Popkin's bachelor party in some oh. valley in New York. Was Super, super troopers. troopers. Yeah, Super Troopers. Yeah, answer two. Same we team. Were, I, right. At the bachelor party, I yep. requested that we play it on loop. On loop, yeah. Yeah, and it's great. <laughs> it still holds up. It's hilarious. I mean, great jokes, Did great delivery. Did you see Super Troopers 2? I did see Super Troopers 2 in the theater, and uh, after I had had some uh, magical gummies or chocolates or something, which I think helped. And, you know, I had heard it wasn't fantastic or uh, good buddy. Dave Labs had seen an early cut and wasn't raving about it. Yeah. And so often with sequels like that, it's so hard to recreate the magic. But um, I'm holding out for uh, the new Bill and Ted that's going to come out in a couple of years, though. Your Keanu continues. <laughs> that's going to break the trend. But um, uh, yeah, I thought I thought the new one was okay. Uh, I'm not going to be watching it like 30 times like I did the first one. But um, the first one still holds Because up. I think this is a good so Easter horrible. egg for people that don't know Maddie as well as I do. Maddie's Wi-Fi password is say car ramrod. Say car ramrod. It is. I wrote it down. I, I, I thought about I it on the paper. I, I thought about not mentioning it yeah. the same way you didn't want to give out your AM, sure. AM screen name, but yeah. I felt like there's less ways to exploit. If you're over my house, my Wi-Fi is you can have it. You can have access. Also, our router name is like not a guessable one. It's like a mm. random series of numbers and letters. It would really so. take some detective work. Um, but yeah, it's Say Car Ram Run, and you can tell, you know, <laughs> most people don't get the reference when they come over. Oh. And but those that do? Those that do get excited. <laughs> Q time. Let's do it. So we are signed into your queue. Um, Great. Upstairs is the moniker here. Yeah, I feel like Trevor's not going to have a hard time with this because he's super goal-oriented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I feel like you might be one of the easiest people to help like eliminate, like eliminate down this list. Yeah, just uh, along the line of goals, I think we kind of breezed past it, but uh, with my friend Brian Larson, we watched in sequential order and evaluated with a Google form <laughs> spreadsheet every James Bond movie. Yeah, we never, oh, we we never, we never that. pulled <laughs> that thread back. And, and, kind of, and made a pledge that we would continue to see the, the new ones together one way or another pretty much. And have you succeeded died. in that? Yeah. yeah. We, I was down in Austin, Texas when we watched the, the latest one, and I was quite hungover. Actually, Johnny Marabella spent the night on his back porch that night because he got himself locked out wow. somehow. <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay. Name, name dropping over here. All these, all so these the first movie in here that I'd like to ask you about, and Alex was right. There's a lot of documentaries. Uh-huh. The first one in here is called Perfect Bid, The Contestant Who Knew Too Much. Yeah, I think that's about a game show. It is. Uh, It's a Price is Right super fan who brings a bit of scandal to the long-running show by figuring out the answers to the questions before they're asked. I mean, I like research. I like... uh, Price is Right holds a sacred part of my heart for just childhood, 11 o'clock every day. Yeah, if you're homesick. How many times would would you say both of you have seen an episode of the Drew Carey version? Like, the whole way through. Zero times. If you had said to me, who currently hosts The prices Right? <laughs> uh, who currently I hosts... Might have, I might have gotten to Drew Carey. Who currently hosts Family Feud? Tim, the tool man. The other guy, Al? Al, no, the Al, guy? Al Borland? Is it Steve to. Harvey still? Yes! Oh, Steve, yeah, Harvey. Steve Harvey, yeah. yeah. But I feel like that, that, that whole game's changed. They, I feel like they just set it up for his reaction to be like, you know. But, um, and also, like, you remember, remember that run that Ken Jennings had? On Jeopardy, sure, back of course. in like the yeah. 2004-ish. Yeah, I mean that was that was a, an amazing feat. I recently learned a fact about that feat that made it much 
less impressive, unfortunately, which I had forgotten. Mm. But I had forgotten that for Jeopardy's first several decades, once you won five in a row, you automatically got mm. sent to the Tournament of Champions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there was a limit on that. how That's many true, you could yeah. win. And they changed it from being a limit of five to no limit. And then like the next year, Ken Jennings went on that insane historic run. Wait, wait. So when you're watching any given three people, it's the returning champion yes. at an unlimited amount and two, yeah, play two, you new, two yes. newbies. Okay. But it used to be if somebody won five in a row, then the sixth show would just be three new people. Hmm. Yeah, and hey, let's give a shout out to Alex Trebek. Hope he's doing okay. Absolutely, he's another uh, big fan, American hero, hey, Canadian hero. Canadian. He's never is he been. Canadian hero? Has he ever hero. been young? Another like a person who's never been mm. young. Mm. We've never seen him young. We've never seen him young. Mm. Yeah, I don't know, but they. Uh, We've never seen him old either. <laughs> I don't know? know. I don't know where they film. Uh, film Jeopardy, but but um, the Price is Right is right down the road here by the Grove. Maybe we should try to make that happen. I also found out that the price is right. Like to get on the show, you have to actually like really be a lunatic. <laughs> like they respond. Like you can bribe them. I always thought that there was like a more dem- like I don't know democratic way. No, well I can I can tell you this. I with Rudy Rojas, I went to a taping of uh, of Let's Make a Deal once. Uh, for some reason, I think we were working nights. He said, "Do you want to go?" I said, "Sure." And you know you have to wait in line. And yeah, sure enough, like a producer comes by and is like. Tell me about yourself. What's your deal? And they want, yeah, insane, sure. like loud, makes ex- sense. Super extroverted, like excitable people, which I am not typically. So I kind of tried to fake it, but it's just you know they can, you know they pick people for it's a reason. Hard to put, pin you because you're so adventurous <laughs> that I would almost qualify you as like someone that's out there and uh, ex- what sorry. Uh, Outgoing. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'm comfortable sure? talking to anybody, but but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, and uh, speaking of adventure, I, I did, I did not game show uh, contestant curator. You'd be better on Survivor than on Price Is Right. Yes. Mm. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I'd be better. I, well, would, I nobody wants me on Survivor. Let's put it that way. This is this may end my friendship with Alex, but I don't think I've ever seen a full episode of Survivor. Oh my! <laughs> You're missing. Man. But I did meet. Uh, it's like the perfect formula. You know, I like the clearing the queue formula. Yeah. But right above us is the Survivor formula. Who, who's the guy that won Hatch? Something. Richard Hatch won Richard the first Hatch. one. He won I, the I met him briefly at the reality reality <laughs> down in Temecula, California one time. <laughs> nice guy. All right. All right. So that's the first one, and the next movie in your queue is called. The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Mm-hmm. And it says, The hit franchise's third installment, that answers my first question, finds street racer Sean Boswell moving to Tokyo, where he's been dispatched by his concerned family members. Yeah. So there's, you know... Is Paul Walker in this one? I don't, I don't know. I don't Is Vin Diesel in this one? Natalie so. Kelly, Sung Kang, and Brian Goodman. Yeah. I mean, I remember when the Fast and the Furious franchise is crazy. It like yeah. went away because they just couldn't make good ones, and then all of a sudden it became the biggest like movie franchise of the it last. Just kept decade. going, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a part you, of, there's a part of me that likes finding the war, like the awfulest mm. movies. Like I went in, intentionally to the theater to see. Battleship, because I thought it was so ridiculous that they made a movie about Battleship, <laughs> thinking it would be bad, and it was pretty bad. Um, More and, like Battleship. Uh, uh, ooh. 
<laughs> a sequel. <laughs> uh, and I think this is along those lines. And yeah, battle shit. And and y- you know what? When, uh, I don't want to plug a. Yeah, it was battle shit. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. was bad old shit. I would not be surprised if they made another <laughs> one though. But not to plug another podcast. But there, uh, you guys familiar with uh, how did this get made? Sure, is that what it's called? Yep. Um, you know, same thing. Like like just like watch something and just to be to, just just to rub your temples and say how did this get made. Um, but they they also um, love that uh, love that franchise. Hmm, so I wonder if because this is that so bad. bad. I wonder if this is that bad. Well, I think this is when they were still trying to be good. Like the first one was trying to be a, a legit movie. I think. Have you seen any of them? Yeah, I saw the first one, and the first okay. one I saw was in a, a drive through uh, outside Orchard Beach, uh, Maine. Yeah, a drive in, and I was in the driver's seat, so oh, it's almost cool. like interactive. Yeah. Like you know, you like put your hand on the the, uh, the shifter or whatever, but. Um, yeah, beyond that, I think I had probably. I think I've seen like six. I remember them driving on some frozen lake somewhere, but I have not seen them all. And I did you sneak food into that drive-through drive-in? Ooh, I, at that time probably <laughs> not. You go to the drive-through. I was on vacation. If I was on my home turf, maybe, but I don't think so. What else we got? All right, the next movie we have is American Masters: colon, Ted Williams. Baseball legend Ted Williams fights to become the greatest hitter of all time as he battles family teammates the press and even the fans is this like one? did he also fight nazis <laughs> seems he, like a, he an be, odd uh, mission korea. Is, oh, korea yeah is this one of many other american masters documentaries i mean i would uh, I, I, I like yeah, the, i like the I, idea probably. that they put him behind the colon Rather than Ted Williams colon American Master. Right. Yeah, so it must be part of a series. Yeah, I think it's probably a PBS thing. So there's something about that Ken's Burns, like really slow, mm-hmm. uh, easily nappable. Sure. Uh, but but uh, I, you know, I'm from the Boston area. I think through Birthright. I'm a yuppie Red Sox town. Fan. You mean Yuppie Town. <laughs> and uh, I, I actually did read. A Ted Williams biography uh, years ago, a uh-huh. big one, a thick yeah. one. It was very yeah. Uh, there's a famous one, and he was an interesting character. You know, he he on the one hand was it was kind of like rude and kind of a jerk, and maybe not the most cooperative teammate. But on the other hand, would would volunteer at children's hospitals and and just have his own time and go fishing, and also yeah, served his country. I think he took one or two breaks to become uh, uh, a fighter pilot, yeah. I believe, yeah. and. Um, and then also like just the end of his life with his with his kids and his, his like his estate and his, his legacy and his all that. So it's just kind of an interesting interesting guy. And I, I do I do like American history more so probably than than the sports aspect. Um, and love, he was just an incredible athlete. I love the idea that he's like as close to the real life superhero Daredevil because he had like twenty ten vision. Ah. And I like the idea <laughs> uh-huh. that there are people out here that have Bits and pieces of Daredevil's super abilities. Senses. They can super feel, yeah. super hear. And I like that. <laughs> I like that too. Mm. Mm-hmm. That makes me more excited about seeing it. <laughs> I, I have been too. Yeah, and do you guys know on uh, right field at Fenway? Have you seen that, that seat? There's like a The one, one that he hit? Yeah, allegedly. the one red yeah. seat. Yeah, he hit. It's the longest home run. Is ever. there anything else you would do with supervision? Like if uh, you had one, if you had one I'll dimension. Tell, I'll tell you what he did. He was an avid and uh, excellent fly fisherman. He could see the fish from... Through the water. Nobody could see it, yeah. What would you do with super... Not fly fishing. <laughs> what would you do? Uh, the fighter pilot is probably... Supervision. Um, to profit, to, to sort of like at least have a 
a profitable or somewhat like yeah uh, to take advantage of it sure i know what i would do uh a competitive erotic photo hunt at the bar. Remember those? <laughs> you have that That's skill. Perfect. You That's already perfect. you already yeah. have that I skill. I do have that skill. Yeah, I challenge so you, anyone out there in podcast land to challenge me. You've yeah. hacked because you, you've hacked that. You you yeah. figured out a way to yeah. like you do quadrants. Do you do quadrants? No, no. He unfocuses his eyes and detects oh, yeah. pixel differentiation. Totally. Yeah, it, it's like yeah. uh, it's like the magic eye where you like cross <laughs> yes. your eyes. It's yeah, two images become be one, and then it's. It, Bing, 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 bing. It's you a sight to on. behold. Yeah, I'm the Michael Phelps of. Are you better? Moment. Are you better with a little alcohol or without? Probably, like bowling. I think one or two might be good, okay. but past then it's a cliff that you fall off. And yeah. speaking of cliffs, the next movie on here is called The Dawn Wall. Uh huh. Cameras follow Tommy Caldwell and Kevin Georgeson as they take on the staggering challenge of free climbing Yosemite's most formidable rock formation. El Capitan, probably. Is this? Did this just win an Oscar? No, I think you're thinking it received of free solo. The free solo is definitely award at the 2018 South by Southwest. Audiences Festival. love it. I think this is probably yeah, kind of in that vein of free solo with um, so what makes stunning these... yeah, cinematography mm. and maybe definitely could watch sweating. this with the sound off. Oh, <laughs> while getting a root canal. I mean, what could the sound add to this movie? Mm, We're gonna watch somebody sounds, do something crazy. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's like interviews and vignettes about whoever's. I climbing. doubt it. <laughs> straight climbing. Yeah. I think it's an hour and forty minutes of just the climb. I think maybe Maddie should watch it. He just went uh, rock climbing yeah, for the first you're time a, this weekend. A born again climber. I <laughs> yeah, I've, yeah, I found my inner rock climber. It was fun. Did your hands get tired? They didn't. I I was warned that my hands were really gonna gonna feel it. Like the skin was gonna feel it, and my hands. And the next. That later that day and the next day, my hands felt totally fine. The pain was my like thighs and my that's good my forearms. Like yeah. the inside of me hurt a lot the oh, next day. Yeah, like you're stabilizing muscles. Those things hurt, but my hands and feet felt totally fine. Good. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's, is that a good sign? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Good. So the next one in here, I think, is a, is a fitting final one. It's called "They'll Love Me When I'm Dead." And it's described as actors, crew members, and others who were there discuss the tumultuous creation of Orson Welles' final unfinished film, The Other Side of the Wind. This is in my queue. I will never watch this movie if we I would don't never watch even it put today. it in my queue. No. Now, Orson Welles, you wrote us a passioned, passioned email. Sure. Because yeah. we had Stand been shitting it. on Citizen Kane. <laughs> and you basically wrote an email that essentially Game Set Match won the argument. <laughs> That we should give it a chance and see it. And, of course... And Maddie likes to argue and win arguments. Yeah. Okay. Your email won, but I still didn't go back. Yeah, I mean, it. well, uh, yeah, I remember watching that in, in high school. I wrote a paper about it and so the making I. of it. Art of the film class. I didn't take that. I heard that was too much, <laughs> too hard. Uh, it was for American history class, I okay. think. But, um, I heard that was too hard. Uh, and... Um, yeah, I, again, kind of along the lines of Ted Williams, just kind of fascinating, hardworking, kind of arrogant, but achieving, uh, a, a cultural icon, um, you know, came from radio, came from theater, and, and was able to, to kind of revolutionize some of the uh, filmmaking stuff. And, you know, we're, here we are, we're in Hollywood, the Hollywood sign's right there, um, and, and it's also kind of like uh, uh, his... 
and my understanding is it's kind of a rise and fall, right? Like after sure. a Citizen Kane. I mean, that was, he came out in his early 20s probably, and he never had anything close to that Didn't success. Did he do War with, of the Worlds? On the radio, yeah. On the radio. Yeah, beforehand, yeah. And, and he also filmed this movie called um, Touch of Evil, I think, which was filmed right, right down the street from my house in Venice. Uh, do you guys know Pinky and the Brain? Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, the voice actor patterned his voice mm-hmm. after the brain. Um, ah, uh-huh. And yeah. they even parodied, like, when I saw War of the Worlds, uh, my first introduction, yeah, it was an echo yeah. thing through there. Yeah. yeah. All right. Most of us. So cool. we got five movies. We're going to ask you to cross out two of them right off the bat. Okay. So we can have three contenders to talk about. Alex, let's hear those five. All right, we've got... The Perfect Bid, the Price is Right documentary about the guy who uh, gamed the system to win a perfect round of per- Price is Right. We have Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. <laughs> we, <laughs> we have American Masters, colon, Ted Williams. Um, Don, Wa- Don Wall? Mm-hmm. Don, Wa- Don Wall. Yeah, d- the Don Wall, D-A-W-N. The Don, I, could, I had no idea how that was. <laughs> but it's about a uh, climbing... Probably El Capitan in Yosemite Park. And another documentary, They'll Love Me When I'm Dead, about Orson Welles' sort of fall and the last years of his life. I, I think so, yeah. Or his final project. It's in my queue and I'll never watch it unless Oof. we watch it today. Okay, well, let me see here. Uh, I'm, I fear that the Ted Williams American Masters may be very long and dull and it's such a... Uh, it's such a nice day that I don't want to kind of co-op the entire Sunday afternoon here. I Just before you, you've got the pen to the paper. Before you do, I, I do want to just let you know that it's 54 minutes long. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> Maddie just winked at me as I <laughs> photographed him. Um, I mean, I, 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 but I, you can still cross it out if you'd like, but it's 50. It's by far the shortest film on this list. Here's so, but uh, I think I'm going to take off. The Dawn Wall, because I saw Free Solo not that long ago. Okay. Uh, I will say that uh, me and Alex and his wife, Andrea, climbed uh, Half Dome a couple years ago and and, and took a look at um, at El Capitan from up there. Uh, I would love for Maddie to get to a point where he could do that. You can do it. Uh, working my way. Working my way up. Yeah, I think I'll take off Fast and Furious, just because I think that's that's not really my style. All right, so left we are left with Price is Right, American Masters, Ted Williams, and They'll Love Me When I'm Dead. Okay. All right. What do we do now? Now we choose one of those three. Now <laughs> cross out two more, and then we go watch it. Uh, okay, Ted Williams is what unites the three of us. Correct. Orson Welles is the what most device? Trevor thing we could do for this episode. And the game show... Unites everyone that's ever been sick in from 1980 to <laughs> 2000. Yeah. And so they're all home. good options. They're all documentaries. Uh, I can give you the lengths of the other two in case that impacts your decision making at all. Yeah, well, you looked that up. I, one movie that's been on my my non Netflix queue. I don't think it's on Netflix for a long time. Is um, the King of Kong? Alex speaks so highly of that movie, and mm. I, it sounds right up my alley. Where yeah. it's a very um, uh, like specific thing that there's a culture around and, and competition and like a story. It's, it's interesting to me when there's a, some, a seemingly simple everyday thing that has a big universe around it. Well, where, guess where we went for Maddie's bachelorette match, ba- <laughs> Maddie's bachelor party. Where is that? We went to the, the arcade. Fun Spot. That where that whole documentary takes fun place. Fun Spot in New Hampshire? Sure yes. did. 
Did you candle pin bowl? We did a little of everything. <laughs> we did a little of everything. <laughs> I've been there. That's a nice spot. Got I, I, I hadn't been there in a while, and I don't think I quite realized what $20 of tokens actually meant. Uh-huh. $20 is an unreasonable amount of tokens. It, we were there for hours, and I could not spend it. And by the end, I'm just like, I don't know. Just what is, what's the quickest game? You're like because, throwing them into the ski ball holes. You know, when you're sure. a kid, you think like, oh, yeah. this is the best. I wish I had infinite tokens. Yo, did, did you guys ever have like, you would have someone like, some stranger come up and say, hey, hey, let me have some tokens. Like, it was such a hot commodity. Yeah. yeah. You have strange kids begging you for them. Yeah. And then I was like, just get these away from me. <laughs> I've, we've been here for four hours. It's, it's like, like eating too many these. Swedish fish. Where is it? Is it near Which Laconia? we also did <laughs> at my bachelor party. <laughs> Doug, um, Doug and I ate our fair share of uh, Swedish fish back at the Lexington Flick. That's for sure. It all circle. comes back to the Flick. All right. It does. What should we watch? What, what's the next These movie we're going to flick off this list? Um, I, think, I think American Masters, does that qualify as a movie? It was probably a PBS show, honestly. They don't have commercials. Fine. Cross off the short one. <laughs> All right, yeah. Let's let's cross it off. Your instinct was to cross it off originally. Let's go with either the Orson Welles one or the Price Is Right one. Can I defer to you guys? I mean, it's your show. Sure, we could flip a coin. Mm-hmm. We could watch the trailers, but we know what's going to be in the trailers, right? They're true. Yeah, with sound or without sound. <laughs> ah, which of these movies would be better if we wanted to be like listening to some Pearl Jam bootlegs while we watch them? You want to phone a friend? No. It seems like we should watch the Orson Welles one. Yeah, I you think know? so. Yeah, Just to it makes sense. Your your uh, your character arc on the mm-hmm. podcast mm-hmm. from Round that first out. email show to now. Uh, you couldn't get us to watch Citizen Kane, but you can get us to watch a the documentary about Orson Welles. I, I would love every guest to have as a succulent <laughs> a character arc as Trevor. Yeah. Uh, well, let's go watch it. Okay. Audience will hear the trailer. We'll come back and talk about it. Great. The other side of the wind is the crazy picture. It's not a work of fiction. And it's a little of everything. It's kind of a departure in movie making. Orson Welles was the ultimate independent filmmaker. Somewhere between Zen master and God. No other director has been held up to such an impossible standard. Citizen Kane, the greatest motion picture ever made. Do you agree? No, certainly not. That's My next one is, though. Could you give us the title of that? I haven't decided what it is yet. Oh. <laughs> the other side of the wind, what is that? Orson Welles' last movie. Everything else I've ever done has been controlled, but I want to go further. It's a story of the last day of the director's life. The darling of Hollywood who fell out of favor. Wait a minute, that's Orson. Is it? Orson, is that you? Everybody will think it's autobiographical, but it's not. Yeah, bullshit. Orson was such a perfectionist. Action! So I think we have ourselves a confrontation. But I fucked that up. Take 21. He was creating an environment where others would get sucked into it. (laughs) It was this circus of scattered souls. It's Orson, it'll be something. We were totally out of reality. And he said, if anything ever happens to me, I want you to promise me you'll finish the picture. No story has a happy ending unless you stop telling it before it's over. Let us raise our cups to our crazy and beloved profession, to the movies. A lot of people want to see the other side of the wind get made. 
It is the greatest movie never released. The bookend to Citizen Kane. What did Orson really mean by it? What is its true form? Orson said, They'll love me when I'm dead. We're back. Hey! We watched uh, <laughs> They'll Love Me When I'm Dead, and... How do you feel about Orson Welles, now that he's mm. dead? He's been dead a long time. He died around when we were born. Yeah. I learned a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it rounded out your picture of, uh, of whom I have not this will be a fun one to try to explain to the people. Oh, to like do yeah. our little thing? Yeah. I'll tell you what. Okay. Don't watch this on a plane without sound. Yeah. You will be lost. <laughs> yeah. Even with sound, you might get lost in the yep. middle. Is this, what's the spoiler situation with this podcast? So this is the part where we give a synopsis and we spoil it. We say, if you want to go see the movie, go see it and then listen to this. Okay. Uh, so this is a documentary about Orson Welles trying to make a movie. Yeah. The subject of which is an old director trying to make a movie. Yeah. And yeah. Never saw, end, it never technically saw the light of day because it wasn't right. released into theaters. It was, uh, he shot over 100 hours of film. Yep. Which, like, I don't know, is that a lot? I'm telling that much. I don't know. Film, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, true. He had been in director jail like what they call he, he had basically done his time in Hollywood yeah. and had basically been cut out of that he'd been moving blacklisted yeah, yeah he'd been blacklisted yeah. living in, in Europe yeah. and was looking for some sort of splash comeback but he's it seemed like he's quintessentially like an art house director and the movie business changed around him is there okay. anything else we should say about the plot No, I mean, in the end, he doesn't finish the movie and he dies. I would say the biggest surprise was that he starts filming the movie in 1970. He doesn't die till 1985. And most of this movie takes place between 70 and 74. So it's not like he died while making it. He made a bunch of things after this. The first thing I have in my notepad yep. is basically like, what are, what are the leftover questions that this documentary doesn't answer? Because... While, yeah, it was very interesting to see a lot of this, like, and there was a lot of footage. So yeah. I, I feel like if you know Orson Welles or are familiar with him and want to see sort of like some of like the Tupac-ish, like, un, unmade material, like, this is really exciting for that. Like, you kind of get an experience for what he's going through. But, like, there's a lot left on the table. So I'm curious what you guys thought were unanswered questions. You know, it reminded me sort of some of the, the behind-the-scenes footage or whatever. reminded me of, like, making a homemade movie with your friends in, like, elementary school, middle school. Totally. With, like, a VHS camera on your shoulder. Like, hey, now say this. Or, all right, what if we put the light there? It was, it His just, process was very similar to our process for creating <laughs> Escape from Humanity, where we would just go shoot stuff and then figure it out later, how mm -hmm. to edit it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I think ours was funnier, but, I mean, his... How, when you when you went through that though, how many fudgesicles did you consume? Uh, it was less about fudgesicles. Yeah. Apparently, he was a he went through a big fudgesicle, big fudgesicle fudge phase. Yeah. I don't I don't know unanswered questions. Not I didn't really have any unanswered questions. Well, this is a documentary that didn't. It skipped the whole thing about like what his whole life was like growing right. up. Like they just skipped that. Yeah. They just throw you in, which I appreciate. I, I kind of yeah. prefer that at this point. Yeah. The beginning was kind of a, a good energy. Um, and and you, yeah, that's right. You jump right in, and and you're kind of along for the ride. And then uh, uh, Maddie and I were both kind of jarred by the 1974 like 
change of pace when it kind of all of a sudden went into like I just took speed mode. Yeah, progress music. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, you know I, I think the kind of the last third dragged a little bit. Dragged a lot. I mean, it felt like they had a. It's funny because he has a quote in here that I wrote down because I loved it, where he said the only way to have a happy ending is to fin- is to stop before the end of the story. Mm. And this felt like it suffered from that a little in that they had a really compelling story that went from 1970 to 1975, but he lived for another 10 years. And so the last third of, of this movie, The Love Me When I'm Dead, did not fully, it was not nearly as compelling as all the stuff of when he's really trying to make the other side of the wind. Like the whole last half hour, he's just trying to get money for it. Yeah. And it's kind of sad. Well, and also getting it out of the, the vault in France because it was confiscated Iran. after the yeah. uh, Ayatollah overthrew Iran, which you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Just kind of breeze, <laughs> just breeze right by. So, you know, as, as you do with, with movie making. But but I, I was kind of re-energized and, and I don't know if it, the whole experience was saved, but when they, when they had some uh, clips of him at the end saying, well, what if what if this isn't the movie? Maybe us talking about the movie is the movie or like it's a documentary. And then, and then there was the big twist. If we want to talk about the Netflix experience, I'll let you guys drop that, that bomb. I mean, as soon as this movie ended, the other side of the wind just started playing on Netflix. Yeah. I think we left that, that part out. Like that's what the name of the movie he was making. Right. Was the other side of the wind. Yeah. And apparently last year, somebody finished that movie and it's now also on Netflix. So yeah, it's not, it's not so lost after just all. auto-played about five seconds after <laughs> the, the end titles. And it's another two hours. Which is the algorithms working? I, I guess so, yeah. I mean, if ever, yeah. If there's anybody who's going to watch this, it's people who have just seen that. There are two documentaries I've seen that are about the making of a troubled movie. Mm-hmm. One is called Best Worst Movie, which was the making of Troll 2. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have seen that at all. No. Nope. Troll 2 is just like a classic, terrible B-movie. The other one was Overnight, which was the documentary about the guy who made Boondock Saints, the Boston dude, mm-hmm. Troy Duffy, mm-hmm. who made... Oh, yeah. Um, Go Sox. <laughs> Teddy Ball Game. <laughs> um both of those seemed, I don't know, it, it, they're probably just way more modern and maybe yeah. that's what they were. But Yeah, so then it got me thinking, like, is what we just watched the product? Yeah. Like, and then you think it is until the product starts autoplaying. Yeah. Thanks, Netflix. But then what I also found interesting about the other side of the wind, which we're on, like, the, the pause detail screen on, on the TV, is it under categories it says dramas slash mockumentary. And my mm-hmm. understanding was... Uh, best was it uh, best in show? Was that the first mockumentary? No, uh, Spinal, Spinal Tap. Tap. Spinal Tap. I mean, certainly the first mockumentary. <laughs> but that was released. I guess that was released bef- after this had finished. Had wrapped. I think but it's before just it was released. Struggling with what you call it. Sure. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is hard to c- categorize. Um, so, what do we think? Do we, we we recommend it to people? No, I'd recommend it to you. What about like uh, f- film students who uh, have a lot of time on their hands? I mean, here's what I would say. I, I don't mean like, no, I wouldn't recommend it. I-, I guess for me, it felt like we're watching a documentary about a brilliant filmmaker who made some stone cold classics. And we're watching clips from like probably one of his like worst things that he ever did. They didn't even finish. 
Like, it seems like if you have seen Othello and, you, you know, mm-hmm. Macbeth, okay, so all that stuff, you, did then they, maybe you go to... It's like a B-side Was collection. it a big enough disaster? Mm. Because I have written down in quotes, late period travails. And so... I, I don't know what that means. It basically means, like, classic people dealing with the final act when they've just mm. inevitably lost their fastball. Ted Williams. Yeah. Never, never did. <laughs> he kind of sold out at the end there with the cryo uh, company. Mm. Did you ever hear about that? Yeah. When he went to Fenway with no, the hat. I, I, and to make it something that is a little closer to you, Mr. Yeah. Bogdan, it's sure. more like, is there? could you think of a musician that went through something similar to this? I mean, like, basically, on top of the world, geniuses yeah. that just sort of unravel and can't get sort of... Like Elvis? I don't know. Like when you see Boys to Men playing. Elvis is a good. Like, Elvis is a, a decent one. Elvis is someone who had a total crazy late period. Yeah. You know what kind of reminded me of is Michael Jordan. You know, like Michael Jordan since he's sort of crying left the NBA. Crying well, the crying Jordan, but like he's someone who is probably a basketball genius. He probably sure was as good as anyone could ever be. Yeah. Cocky, competitive. And as he gets older and has to kind of deal with, like, what's it like to try to simulate or top what you've done as a as a player, like, has kind of just shown himself to be petty and kind of terrible. Jose Canseco. Feels a little different because he's he's in a different field now, you know? He's like a business mogul. It's not like he ever got bad at basketball. Like, he ended up getting no. old. But this is Orson Welles. Like, un- unable to make his film. It would be like if Michael Jordan was, like, playing basketball in some rec league. And, like, they wouldn't let him play in the NBA because he had burned all his bridges. Right? Yeah, it was interesting. I, I, there were some clips and so, some, some visuals from some movies that I haven't seen. I, I think I've honestly only ever seen um, Citizen Kane. And some of the visuals from the other movies looked pretty cool. I would watch those without sound on a plane. No, no doubt. <laughs> right? Put some music on. Sure. Take a little nap. Yeah. Hey, you had me a nap. <laughs> this movie was narrated by Alan Cummings. Yep. Uh, who played Nightcrawler in X-Men. Mm-hmm. This also featured um, John Huston's son, Danny Houston, mm-hmm. who I immediately spotted as the bad guy from Wolverine. Uh, which brings up something Alex wanted to ask you about earlier, mm-hmm. which is that you saw Avengers Endgame mm-hmm. without having seen... Certainly without having seen Infinity War, possibly mm-hmm. without having even seen any Marvel movies. <laughs> no, I, I didn't see Civil War. I didn't see Winter Soldier. I didn't see Ant-Man. I didn't see The Wasp. Uh, I didn't see <laughs> Iron Man 2. Were well, you like, who the fuck are all these people? Yeah. Black Panther? <laughs> yeah, I did see Black Panther at, like after, like six months after. It, after like, what? After it became like a, like the thing that everybody uh-huh. watched. Like I watched it on Netflix at the yeah. end or something. Um, what brought you to Endgame and how did you feel as you were leaving without spoiling anything? Uh, I, what brought me there was uh, at my office, uh, there's a lot of people in their uh, 20s and early 30s and such who are big pop culture and, and visual effects uh, fans and we wanted to um, give them like a work perk for a free screening so I kind of helped organize uh, a weekend outing and as part of that and I showed up went to help so you were there as a chaperone you were a chaperone yeah I was a chaperone yeah exactly <laughs> and uh, and yeah as such but you know we had popcorn and, and, and candy uh, hey I expect nothing yeah. less it was just popcorn and candy and uh, I mean yeah sure it was cool Thanos I don't know snaps 
Snatch the Hey, no way. No uh, spoilers there. But, like, did you... That's all we can say. Okay. Did you follow? Like, did you follow? Could yeah. You... Yeah. I mean, it's not the most... Which was harder to follow? That movie or what we just saw? Um... What we just saw was probably a little harder because <laughs> harder it, than Endgame. If you haven't seen any <laughs> Avengers movies, That's, well, it was just it was very um, jumbled. Like uh, like if somebody picked up uh, a Scrabble, you know, letters and just threw it on the board and said, uh-huh. you know, it's just very like uh, you're describing fr- frantic the game Bananagrams, which is yeah. very fun. Yeah, yeah, we should play that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I kind of wanted to know how much money he had the later years of yeah. his life. Like, just mm. how much he was living on. Yeah. Like, he would go to a restaurant in Beverly Hills once a week? Or he wasn't living in squalor. He just didn't have, like, a quarter of a million dollars to finish his movie. But he also was convincing these young people on his name and reputation to work for him for free. I did not like that. Yeah. That it was kind of like, know. yeah, working that guy to, to exhaustion. And yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on this? How, how does it uh, how does it compare to what you would assume uh, for uh, Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift? Mm. At any point, did you wish we were watching Teddy Ball Game or Fast and Furious? Uh, mm. Kinda. Drive, I, I drive liked a little. the first. I liked the first hour. Of yeah, this me too. I liked the first hour a lot. I think it. it it lost steam. Good hope. But for the first hour, I was thinking to myself, you know what? Maybe I will watch Citizen Kane. Because like, they've got me convinced that this guy's a genius. Mm. Uh, and then by the end, I thought, I've had enough of this guy. You can only, you can only do so much like really old black and white kind of... It, it's a commitment. It's like work. Yeah. I liked the idea of him basically at the beginning saying, I'm going to shoot a movie ad hoc. This is going to be my return to yeah. brilliance. No one's doing this. No one's thought about trying to do it this way. Mm-hmm. But it just didn't... He couldn't do it. Couldn't. It just would have been a better film if he had died ten years earlier. And I mean, Th- this I, I, film, yeah, this film, like this, the oh. the documentary that we watched. I mean, I'm gl- obviously I'm glad he didn't die ten years <laughs> earlier. But the documentary we just watched had a clear arc, yeah. and that arc ends in 1975. Yeah, if he and had, it feels like a ten year epilogue. Like if he had died face down in the editing room, like <laughs> correct. On the final then we would have been like, holy shit! Mm. But instead, the story kind of kept going. So it also would have maybe been a little more compelling if if it had been eventually completed, released, and been a smash sensation. Or a disaster. Well, ha- Wait, is it a disaster, though? Uh, I don't know. Because you and I didn't... None of us knew that it was disaster a Disaster piece. Yeah, disaster piece theater. And um, I wonder, actually, do you want to look up the tomato rating on... Uh, ah, the tomatometer. On uh, the other side of the wind, it's uh, called. Yeah. It, I'll tell you what, some of the... Uh, uh, cinematography of the movie within the movie looked pretty cool with that girl with, yeah it did with the necklace alright guesses why don't you guys both no don't look at the screen why don't you guys want to guess guess the tomato meter and guess the audience score I think the movie's probably like a 37 it's probably hard For to critics? really understand yeah yeah the critic score I just think it's Probably just a jumbled mess. It probably doesn't make. It's probably like this. It doesn't make sense. Okay. Okay. The and audience score is probably a lot higher. It's probably in the seventies. Yeah, I was, I was okay. thinking. I was thinking the critics might boost it because of uh, his reputation. It's importance. Yeah. And maybe in like the forties, and the audience like closer to twenty five. So I'll say forty five and twenty five. You both couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> uh, the tomato meter is eighty two percent, 
And the audience score is 57%. Okay. I don't oh. know if that means anything. It's only... Uh, well, that's a good amount of... It's 91 and 303. So, I don't know. That's what they thought of it. So, probably not bad enough to be enjoyably bad, but not good enough to be a must-see. Hmm. Right? Are you going to watch it? That's what it comes down to. Are you going to watch the wind, the other side of no, the wind? No, I no. mean it's two hours long. I don't watch. Yeah. This is the first time I've sat and watched a movie on a weekend. In a lot of times, <laughs> what will happen is I'll start, I'll start it, yeah, I'll finish whatever I'm eating, and I'll be like, I'll finish this tomorrow, and I never finish it. Like I just and I'm picturing that what you're eating is drinking a protein shake. <laughs> I did have I did have a shake this morning. Yeah, I, I that mean, doesn't take long to eat. But there's good news. There really is good news because yeah. on that one Sunday you did choose to do it. We got you one step closer to clearing the queue. <laughs> that was clearing the queue. If you have heard anything you like or know that we were just dead wrong about, you can email us at uh, clearingthequeue at gmail.com. Q is spelled Q U E U E. That's a tough one. And if your thoughts are funny, we'll read it on air. Follow us on Twitter at CTQ Podcast, Instagram at clearing the queue. Facebook.com slash clearing the queue. Subscribe on iTunes. Yeah, subscribe on iTunes. <laughs> I don't know how you do that. <laughs>